elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, Jay the Jedi Ross, Ross Jedi Jane as always. It's so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here with me in the L5J Studios. Hope you're all enjoying your holidays, kids. I'm having a great time lying around, eating tons of food the way it should be. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa. Merry Hanukkah. I know that passed a little bit ago, but I can still uh, send out a whole bunch of well wishes to all you wonderful, wonderful human beings out there. Uh, A little bit of a thank you to you all for always tuning in. Greatly appreciated. This week on the show, we're going to continue our classic cut series, jump into the Wayback Machine and go back to March 6th, 2015. This was episode 139. It was entitled Up the River, and it features creators Travis McIntyre and Stephen Sherrar. Uh, this was one of SourcePoint Press's very early works when things were just getting off the ground. It is very cool to go back and hear Travis, young and excited, <laughs> and Stephen, to hear him at all popping up on the podcast. It's been too many years, Stephen. You need to you need to come back on and visit and have a little chat about things going on. Um, but yeah, this it's fun. I'm posting this one because it was a great conversation and it's very cool to look back because I'm very proud of my affiliation with SourcePoint Press, helping to lead the SourcePoint North Charge here in Canada. Uh, taking on all we can, Sean Daly, Dave Bishop, A. Shea Hahn, uh, some of the finest creators in Toronto, all jumping on the SourcePoint Press train. If you haven't checked out Ogre, the trade's coming soon. Uh, lots of cool stuff from uh, Bob Sally and Sean Daly with Ogre. But I wanted to post this episode because not only was it a great conversation, but it is very cool to go back a few years and listen to a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed Travis McIntyre talking about his hopes and dreams for Up the River, Source Point Press, and the future. Uh, Steven, we haven't had Steven on probably since that conversation. So Steven, we've seen you, but we miss you. we got to get you back on the show, brother. Uh, but yeah, SourcePoint Press has been uh, barreling through the comic community for the past five years now. You can check out SourcePointPress.com for the finest independent comic books across the land. We've featured an insane amount of their creators on this show. We're very, very proud to be part of the SourcePoint Press family. SourcePoint Press North coming. Check out SourcePointPress.com. But for now... Get a little timey-wimey and head back to March 6, 2015. Please enjoy my conversation with Mr. Travis McIntyre and Mr. Stephen Sherrar about Up the River. Basically, last year, I attended Motor City Comic Con. Uh, it was my first time going stateside for a Comic Con because I'm up here in Toronto. Oh, right on. And uh, got invited down to do some press uh, with my boys' Drunk on Comics podcast. Yep. And I've uh, been tight with those fellas for a while, so I thought I'd go down and check out, you know, the Michigan scene. Ended up having an absolutely amazing time. Uh, easily one of the best con weekends I've ever experienced. And during that con weekend, I met a wonderful couple by the name of Joshua and Bree Werner. 
and Josh is I've one heard of, of them. Have you? Yeah, I, their name sound, gets around a little. Sound familiar. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and uh, we had a good time hanging out. We actually went to dinner one night, had a very spirited Star Wars conversation. It was good times. And uh, Joshua, being one of the cohorts behind Source Point Press uh, out of Michigan there, basically said, hey, I know this guy Travis doing this book. You want to chat? And I said, heck yeah, because pretty much everything I've experienced out of Michigan has been pretty damn good so far. I don't know what it is you guys got in the water down there, but uh, how did you guys come about all this? How did you guys get hooked up with those kids? Oh, geez, how did we meet Josh? Um, <clears throat> we start, I, uh, about a year ago, Steve and I founded a group called the Michigan Comics Collective, uh, which is a nonprofit publisher uh, that we we do anthologies and uh holy shit sorry i didn't realize i was getting all this i thought i was getting a writer like i know all these organizations all of a sudden you're involved with (laughs) so all of a sudden bam i'm getting a little bit of snake oil and a little bit of mission michigan comics collective as well so uh sorry go on (laughs) uh so it 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 was well over a year ago now we just had our one year anniversary uh We met in December. November, I think. But we actually met way way before that because I had come into the shop before. But you treated me like shit because you thought I was a normal customer. I think you were a couple (laughs) pounds later then. Yeah. That's why I didn't recognize you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So was I. uh, Yeah. So uh, Steve owns a a comic store in Saginaw. and uh, he's an artist, um, and we, we kind of had a, like a little uh, community of different artists and people who were interested in putting out comics. And we thought, oh, you know, a cool thing would be to do would be if we made like a little short anthology of a bunch of little comic shorts, and, and we've got this store here that we could sell them at. And you know, we're friends with some of the guy who owns a store in Bay City, and we're friends with the guy who owns a store in Midland, which are right nearby. And I bet they would sell it too. And that'll be a fun little, easy, cheap thing to do. And there were like six of us. And then, yep. uh, so we were like, had a meeting and everybody was like, yeah, this sounds great. <clears throat> and then, uh, it was like, yeah, t- tell anybody that, you know, who wants to come And the next meeting, there was like 16 people. And the next one, there was 25 people. And then there was like 37 people. Damn. Uh, so it just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it was, uh, okay, we're going to make this a nonprofit. This is obviously going to be a much bigger thing. We're going to try to tie ourselves into with some Michigan based art charities um, and I ultimately met Josh through that uh, because we, we started, you know, putting out on social media. We built the Facebook page and the Twitter and all that kind of thing and just started putting out information about it. And all of a sudden we had this uh, small press publisher who was like retweeting everything we were saying. Um, <clears throat> and we, I thought that was really cool and I'd never heard of them before. So, uh, you know, I'm a guy who I, I will always try to I always try to be the guy who um, who did the nice thing for you first. You know, so uh, the first thing I do is I, you know, I go to their website and I buy one of everything that they have, you know, and, uh, you know, they send me this package with this really nice note and all that they've signed everything and, and all this stuff. And I'm reading through and, I, you know, I'm like this stuff, oh, this is really, really cool. And so uh, then I send a direct message to Josh being like, hey, I got the package. It was really cool, blah, 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 blah. And then that was kind of how we started talking was online. Um, and then, uh, several months later they were doing a signing at a store in Dearborn called Green Brain Comics. And, uh, I drove down there to meet them in person. And then, uh, from there they kind of really got involved in some of the Michigan Comics Collective stuff. 
that we had going um, and helped us uh, sort of get into uh, get our name and our stuff into a lot of the stores in the Detroit area because using their kind of network that they had built up and just kind of combined <clears throat> what we both had going and it seemed like it worked. And then as we become better and better friends, eventually I was like, you know, I've got this uh, comic that I self-published, you know, about a year ago. You know, what, what do you guys think? And, uh, you know, they were like, well, we really like the story, but we, we really don't like the art. Um, you know, how would you feel about having, you know, some somebody else, you know, we'll redo the art and then we'll publish it. And <clears throat> and then I was like, OK, you know, um, what do you th- what do you think about Steve's art? And, you know, of course, everybody always loves Steve's art. So we went move forward with that. And that's how Up the River came to be and came to be in SourcePoint Press. Gotta love it. <clears throat> Gotta love a good origin story. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I watched your guys' video for Up the River for the Kickstarter there. Uh, congratulations on getting funded, by the way. You're already at one 100% and climbing still, I believe. Uh, yeah, it was it was really nice. I mean, anytime you, you do any kind of crowdfunding or you launch anything, it's always it's kind of nerve wracking, you know. So you launch it and then you, you sit and of course you're hoping like when's the first one gonna hit you know <laughs> when's it gonna when's it gonna start and then and then it goes but our, you know our we funded in the fifty third hour yeah. so we were like you know it's this it's kind of like a huge relief where you're like oh <laughs> and I'm sitting at home and uh, every five minutes here I get messages from Travis. Oh, we haven't had anything in the last 10 minutes. We haven't had anything in the last 10 minutes. I hear that a lot. <laughs> well, it's 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 nerve-wracking, you know, it's, and then it goes up really fast for a while and you're like, "Oh, we're going to, you know, so when you hit when you hit that the goal, which generally you try to set as low as possible, you know, that's like your minimum. You're like, "Oh, thank God. No matter what, this is happening." And everything after that, you know, is is it's just great. So, we're really excited and uh you know we're going to be able to move forward with it, and SourcePoint's excited, and they're putting everything they've got behind it. Well, you got you guys asked for a very reasonable amount too. You asked you asked for the obvious amount that you would need to do what you said you were going to do. You know, it's uh, it's always a little easier. And you guys had a very good presentation too. I really enjoyed your video there, and uh, the art looks great. I mean, the book looks fantastic. It's a super cool idea. And uh, Steve, you were mentioning about the art there in the video that uh, mm. your early '90s influences, like Mark, Mark Silvestri and Jim Lee. And the second you said that, I was like, "Oh, absolutely! The book totally looks that way." Well, thank uh, you. <laughs> those those bright, popping characters, you know. Right, I mean? right. Yeah, I mean that's that's you know that's what I grew up reading. Um, you know, just that's when I started to get into comics and in the <clears throat> that early formation of Image and you know even now I look back and look back at those old Uncanny X Men issues that Mark Silvestri and Jim Lee did and um, <clears throat> I mean I really think that was the the peak of their art career. Um, you know, I, that's that's when their art looked best to me and uh, that's just kind of you know the direction my artwork has always gravitated towards. Um, you know, so I'm trying to kind of bring a little bit of that element to, uh, to the book. Um, I think it's working so far. I I think it fits the story well. So Sean seal did the colors. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Sean is a, is a, is a guy from, uh, from Bay city, Michigan. Um, he's a uh, graphic artist by trade and, uh, he's really been a, a amazing find. He's just this like completely insane crazy person uh living <laughs> in joking. no living in bay city who is this amazing painter 
who is also happens to be a complete computer nerd who loves doing you know digital art and and all this other stuff and you know he's just showing you stuff he he does and and you're like this guy has no idea how good he really is and that he could you know he should completely be getting paid a huge amount of money that's going to do something for us for yeah as little money as possible before he figures <laughs> it out yeah. Uh, but yeah i mean and he's been it's it's hard to find um because you know like uh, the, the coloring by hand is you know people don't really do it anymore and modern printing being the way it is it just doesn't end up looking that good so digital coloring is really what everybody's doing to make a professional looking book and it's hard to find a, a good digital colorist um, who really knows what they're doing and can really add shape and depth and and paint with light, uh, you know, and make everything look right. It's difficult to find, and when you find them, it's generally very, very expensive, and they have very little time because they're really booked up. So uh, we really, really lucked out with Sean. Well, the so colors we try to are, sorry, the colors are very complementary to the artwork, you know, like you did a fantastic job and you're right. It is the colorists always seem to be jam packed with work. <laughs> yeah, that's why we try to book him with as much stuff as we possibly can. So he, right. he doesn't have a chance to work with anyone else. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> the plan. I just keep keeping him busy with things Hoard so that no him. one else ever like approaches him and is like, dude, how come you're not getting paid $250 a page? And he's going to be like, hey, what do you, what do you mean $250 a page? <laughs> And, I mean, I'm not even going to tell him we were on this podcast because I don't even want to. Hear, I don't even want him to hear this stuff. I just want him to stay in his weird cave in Bay City. Uh, I, I'm familiar with Sean on Twitter there, so I know. A bit oh of, no! I know a bit of his character. Yeah. Everyone's familiar with Sean on Twitter. You gotta love those artists out there, though. When you find them, and you're like, "How are you not like monstrous?" I felt that way. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Ryan Lee. <clears throat> Ryan Lee is a is a Michigan artist there. He does a book called The Naturals and he's just phenomenal. Just a mind-blowing artist and he's one of those people with like a raw raw talent. Whatever he's drawing like not just comic books and uh it always amazed me how this guy isn't picked up and this guy isn't more well known and just recently he did in fact get picked up and he's going to be doing some work for Marvel on Inhumans. And I was oh, just cool. like oh finally like someone woke up and realized how good this guy was you know is he from is he from flint i'm not sure i don't want to say 100 percent because i get all you guys confused i've met so many people from michigan now I feel. Michigan. Yeah. well yeah I, I, there's a guy uh from there's a guy from midland that i ran into him at the midland store and you know we got talking he's like yeah my grandson uh, is because uh, Ryan Stegman is yes. the guy. He did Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and uh, he did. Um, he's doing Wolverine. Right he's now. doing Inhumans right yeah. now. And uh, the guy was like, "Yeah, he he just got a job at Marvel. He lives in Flint, and he's uh, he's doing Inhumans." And I was like, "Wait, Ryan? I was like Ryan Stegman." That's who I thought yeah. that, that that he meant. Right. I was like, Ryan Stegman doesn't live in Flint, so yeah. maybe this guy is the guy he was talking about. Very That'd well, be a crazy coincidence. could be. Yeah, it's probably most likely Ryan Lee, and uh, but he's oh, you guys got to check him out. He's just I could go on about him, but whatever. But yeah, there's something about Michigan there that there's just there's so much talent. We I've been lucky enough to have Mr. Stead segment on the show a couple times there, and it's. It, it's cool for him because I mean he's almost taking this like godfatherly stature within Michigan because there's so much 
rising art coming out of there, you know, and so so many people are looking up to him these days because he's just killing it, you know. Yeah, he's he's been great, man. He um, for the the Michigan Comics Collective uh, Volume Two, he's doing a splash page in it for us. Uh, I mean, cool. he's been really great. He's really supportive, and he's a really nice guy. Um, I mean, he's been helping us uh, publicize the Kickstarter, and uh, I mean, from a from a guy who's kind of an established pro, you know, it's really cool. It's really cool that he is, you know, so uh, invested in in the community, you know, mm-hmm. in this region, because that's something that a lot of us around here have been trying to do is, you know, kind of be like, you know the days of like if you want to make comics you have to move to new york city i mean those those days are over far you know, you over Absolutely. you don't have to do that like you can make awesome shit right here with the people that you know you know and and that's what we should be doing <clears throat> uh, that being said you know good i'm perfectly happy that ryan gets his get has his marvel gig oh, and i hope yeah. he has it for a long <laughs> i hope he has it for a long time but uh it is awesome that he's been so supportive well speaking and also he's very tall he is fucking tall, eh? It's, it was it's creepily it, tall. He's... I met him the first few times I met him was at Fan Expo here in Toronto, and he was sitting behind his table every time. So I'd spoken to him and met him briefly, maybe two or three times, before actually getting to hang out with him at Motor City, and I saw him for the first time not sitting behind a table. And I was like, but <laughs> like, just face a, to face. Yeah, you're a crotch. <laughs> yeah. Giant. Holy he's, shit. He's scarily tall. It's a, it's a real problem. Because he's kind of got that baby face that when you see him sitting down, you wouldn't expect him to be a mammoth of a man. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's good. To, but speaking all... of uh, professional support, uh, also a good friend of the show, Mr. Mark McKenna is lending you a little as well, I believe. Uh, yeah, he's doing inks on all the covers. Um, we met him at Grand Con, and uh, his table happened to be next to ours, and we just sort of ended up chatting the whole weekend because it was a little bit of a slow con. Uh, I mean, it was incredibly fun, um, but it was a little bit a little bit slower, not a, not a massive amount of traffic. So we ended up kind of chatting the whole time, and then you know we go out for drinks and dinner, and then the next day we go out for drinks and dinner, and and we kind of developed a, a, a like a real friendship with Mark, and it was it was fantastic. And then um, you know he he went back to uh, New York, and we kind of or is it Eastern Pennsylvania? I can't remember uh, exactly where in, he lives. He lives in New York. And, yeah, New York yeah. or Eastern Pennsylvania, wherever it's he. Like, it's like New York region or some kind of thing, you know. He's yeah, not, he's not um, like in the city or anything, but yeah. And, and we kind of ended up just uh, staying in touch, you know, through Facebook and Twitter and whatnot, and and. Uh, you know, at one point he wanted to change printers, and so we were like, "Well, this printer, this Michigan printer that we use, does fantastic work, and their prices are very reasonable." And he contacted him, and then you know we were able to help facilitate that relationship. And um, you know, kind of when this project was going along, we started to send him some pages. You know, like, "Hey, what do you what do you think about this? What can we improve?" And he was extremely helpful. And then um, just at one point, he was like. Uh, you know, if you want, I'd be happy to ink. Uh, I'd be happy to ink, ink a cover for you. And you know, what are you going to say when the <laughs> guy who's inked, you know, everyone, more <laughs> yeah, everybody that there is. You, I mean, you're not going to be like, nah, dude, we're good. <laughs> Steve, Steve only likes to ink his own stuff. 
I wish no. you drank the whole well, thing. Well, the, the crazy Listen, thing we've is got the original, standards, okay? <laughs> the original cover was actually already done. Mm-hmm. But then when McKenna was like, I'll make a cover for you, Steve was like, I'll just draw a new cover. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that thing. We'll just and gonna... the, new, the new cover is beautiful. Sorry, yeah. you're getting he, bumped cover. <laughs> he knocked it out of the park, man. McKenna was amazing. Uh, so, yeah, and then and then I ended up asking him, hey, man, I mean, we're going to do – we're going to do through seven issues for this first arc. Will you, will you ink all the covers? And he was like, yeah, sure. So, <laughs> nice. you know, that was a huge thing for us and it was incredibly generous. And then, um, he, he managed to help us, uh, kind of hook us up with the, the guys who put on uh, Boston comic con. And, uh, now we're going, uh, out as Mc, like McKenna's, you know, we're sharing a table with McKenna at Boston this oh, year. Oh, damn, that'll be to nice. At least the book out there. So yeah, I mean, it's um, I mean, he's he's another guy that, uh, and the comic business is is in some ways the same as every other creative business, and in some ways a lot different. And one of the ways it's a lot different is that um, is that a, a, you run into a lot of guys who you know have have been in the business and have all the connections, and and they're they're just willing to lend a hand. <laughs> You know, as opposed to sort of trying to like jealously protect their spot, they're just like, "Yeah, man, let's see what you can do." <laughs> yeah, there's such a difference you see out there. Like some guys, they don't even want to look at you, and then there's other guys that, like Mark, who are they're they're not just fans of art. You meet a lot of artists who are fans of art, fans of drawing, and fans of comics. So they kind of went that way. But I've never met an artist like Mark, who's as big a geeky fanboy as he is an artist, you know, like, <laughs> like this guy's cupboards are full of superhero glassware. You know what I mean? Like it's no joke for Mark McKenna and he's yeah. always willing to just spill stories. He loves to talk about the, the industry and you know what he's done and just share stuff. He's so awesome that way. Yeah, he's great. And he, he's got a, an embarrassingly large toy collection too. <laughs> it's awesome. I don't know because I don't know if it's because he gets sent like free shit, or if he goes out of his way to get it. But like I've seen him post like a giant a picture of a giant pile of toys and ask if anybody wanted them because they were doubles. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're he, like, oh man, he is a big uh, fifty year fifty year old man. What are you doing with all these action figures? He is a big contourist, though. Like he gets around. Like you can meet, uh, you can meet Mark at a lot of cons. And I like that uh, he's starting to kind of try to take advantage of it. Like he just went down uh, South America. Can't remember where he was. It might have been Brazil, I think. And uh, Costa Rica, I thought. Was yeah. it Costa Rica? Yeah, yeah. And he basically yeah. turned it into like, a mini uh, vacation for himself. Yeah. Well, why not? <laughs> yeah, right? yeah I mean, talking comics. I'm going to go down four days earlier and, you know, yeah. I'll cover my own hotel for those days and take my wife. I mean, that's awesome for him. <laughs> so um, cool. <laughs> but just to, just to toot his horn a, a little, just a little bit more. Um, not that I want to spend too much time not tooting my own horn. <laughs> but uh, the, an amazing thing about McKenna is that he's been in the industry for 30 years. Uh, the cover that he did for us is actually his 200th published cover. That's amazing. Um, you know, and he's he's kind of moved beyond the point where he's getting a ton of work from the big two and, and all of that. And instead of sort of retiring to the con scene and whatnot, like a lot of guys do when they kind of get to that point, um, McKenna was just like, well, I'm just going to reinvent myself and I'm going to now write and uh, run a small publishing group and I'm going to do my own creative 
you know, my own uh, creator own books. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to do a children's book. So, so, you know, he's pushed out Combat Jacks, which has been, you know, has, has been getting diamond distributed and is all over the country. And he's been doing the Banana Tales children's book, which is which is all over the place. So my kid loves Banana Tale. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, well, the very first time I met him, one of the first things he asked me is like, do you, do you have any kids? And I'm like, yeah, I've got two boys, you know, one's two and one's not yet one. And they're both terrorists. And, <laughs> you know, he just like handed me two Banana Tales books like, here you go. Uh, so I, I, like, to me, I think that's, that's really, really cool that, you know, he, uh, you know, he just, he's so into the, into comics and into the industry that, you know, he's like, well, you know, my time, you know, maybe drawing Green Lantern is, has come to a close, but I'm just going to completely reinvent everything I do and I'm do this. Still having fun. Completely right? new shit. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, enough about you, Mark McKenna. Um, yeah. let's it talk about this. Kinda damn story here because this uh the story up the river is really intriguing uh the different genres and ideas you guys have taken and mashed together here so do tell uh so it kind of got started i wanted to uh i wanted to write something uh that was encompassed a, a lot of ideas in comics that i i really like but sort of mixed with um sort of old-fashioned Americana literature that I, that I hadn't really seen before. Um, so it kind of became this thing of, I want to write uh, Huckleberry Finn because I love Mark Twain. And, <clears throat> and then it was, and then it was just sort of like building blocks. Like, okay, I want it to be, there's a post-apocalyptic world and uh, the, there's been some environmental terrorism that caused this to happen. And, uh, you know, it's Huckleberry Finn, so I got to have some people on a boat. And uh, in this case, it's Poison River. And as they travel along, they're going to meet all these different people and they're all going to sort of, you know, follow that story. And then uh, so you, you kind of are working on this. And you're coming up with scenes. You're doing all this stuff. And suddenly it dawns on you like, I don't really have any reason for anybody to do anything. I don't have any kind of plot whatsoever. And uh, and when that kind of happened, I started thinking of all the different trying to come up with some kind of reasonable way for the characters to, to leave their homes and, and do this thing. And uh, what I ended up settling on was um, that their, the, their father had been murdered and they had witnessed it, but they, they never knew why or the circumstances that caused it to happen. And so they, uh, they embark on this journey because they, they think they found a clue uh, that they have to travel to find the meaning of it. Um, and the, the the story is essentially uh, two kids uh, traveling through a very dangerous world, um, kind of uh, trying to sort of solve their dad's secret identity. Now, it, <laughs> it sounds like a fun adventure. Um, I, I I personally was a huge fan of the Twain books when I was a kid. I read a lot of classic novels when I was a younger. Um, I'm a big reader, and uh, I, I love those books, Tom Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. And I've it's never crossed my mind to kind of mess with those stories in any way. So it, that's why I'm personally intrigued. I mean, it's something that I happen to be into, so I'm looking forward to reading this book. Now, when you get handed something like that, Steve, are you like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> like post-apocalyptic... <laughs> like post like riverboats what and <laughs> uh, 
Because I know you the know, original art was there. You kind of redid the original art. So did that kind of lend it? Did you take anything from that or just kind of completely um, scrap out? No, I didn't. I didn't completely scrap it. Um, you know, some of the the ideas for the, the character designs and whatnot, I, I pretty much kept intact. Um, you know, I thought they, they were good. They fit the characters well. Um, I did. I, I slightly tweaked some things here and there, uh, you know, redesigned the boat a little bit, um, you know, kind of kind of redesign the world slightly but not too much i mean it's a post-apocalyptic world so you know what how how much can you really change it you know from one guy's vision to the next um without being too drastic uh so i mean a big chunk of it was already there i just kind of built off of it um which did make it quite a bit easier um I had enough work uh, breaking down Travis's script as it was. Uh, <laughs> well, you got issue. all you have all twenty one issues planned out, do you not? Uh, yeah, actually, it's crazy. It's fairly <laughs> meticulous. I mean, I didn't want to come to this without knowing. Um, so, if if you've ever listened to Snake Oil Comics, uh, something I I harp on and complain about constantly is things that outlast their welcome. Um, I think it happens a lot. Uh, like, like the TV show Lost, I think is a perfect example. Oh, uh, don't you know, I think bring it, up I, that went, heartache, man. <laughs> I think it went too long. I think it it got to the point. You know, it, I think it lost its lost its heart. Um, I think like the the sci-fi show, which I absolutely adore, Battlestar Galactica. I, I think it. I think that they should have wrapped it up earlier. Um, Comic books, I think, are often uh, bad uh, offenders of this. Um, that they just they go a little bit too long, and maybe it's a it's a symptom of their own success, in which it's like, well, man, we're printing money right now. Uh, keep keep coming up with more stuff. And other times, I think maybe um, maybe the uh, the writer starts off and doesn't have a super clear idea of exactly where this is going and exactly how it's going to wrap up and. And you know, so they sort of develop as they go, and I, I could be completely wrong. I don't, I don't necessarily know what other people's processes are, uh, but for me, I wanted it to be something that had a clearly delineated beginning and a clearly delineated ending. Um, so I basically uh, scripted out 21 issues. Um, you know, so everything this this the story has an end. Like you're going to come to it, and and that's it. It's 21 issues long. It is three seven issue story arcs. Uh, you know, each story arc is its own little mini, mini, mini story within the overarching, you know, mythos of the world. Very fun, very fun indeed. Sean, you were saying in the, or sorry, Steve, you're saying in the uh, in the video also how much fun it is to take all these different genres and get to mash them into kind of one world. I, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, uh, is that basically like a doodle dream come true? You know. Yeah, it really is. I get a chance to draw a little something of everything, and uh, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of like classic superhero uh, books, and and Travis Travis really is not a big fan of that. So uh, this is probably the closest he's ever going to get to writing a uh, a story where there are superheroes involved. Um, but the superhero element is 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 not a huge part of it. Um, it's yeah, it's really, it's just... really like a, a a window dressing sort of background thing. It was it it became kind of the uh, it became kind of the 
the mechanism in which I hung the father's sort of secret identity uh, to, and also it it kind of helps make the story work as a comic book. I think a, a yeah. little bit better because otherwise it would get awful. You know, it might get awful uh, pretentious pretty quickly <laughs> if you tried to, if you you know, which I also wouldn't I also wouldn't like because it's meant to be kind of a you know a fun mm. horror story. But you mm. know, if you try to go try to get too literary in a comic book, I think you might be bordering on pretension have you been writing comic books a while or did you start uh you know in other areas or has this always been kind of your focus was to write comic book stories uh the the first things i wrote were uh short mostly uh short stories and then uh so i went i went to college in in kalamazoo uh which is where they had the kalamazoo animation festival which uh, now has become kind of a kind of a big deal like you know they have matt groining there and you know things like that but uh you know 15 years ago it was it was really small and <clears throat> i remember going into that and being like oh my god i have to write some cartoon shorts this is this is where it's at uh, so i kind of started trying to do things like that and um you know I, I graduated from college and i was like well i'm gonna i'm gonna try being a writer and then you know three months later i was like okay i'm gonna get a job <laughs> <clears throat> and uh you know so I, I started you know working and then kind of writing in my spare time and then uh, eventually the the job sort of turned into a career and then and then uh and then one day i was like you know i, I never really uh i never really made that that animation that i really wanted to do but i really love comic books I'd, I'd really like to do some comics so i started sort of churning out comic strips and i i started with uh with shorts you know little eight page sorts of things and then uh then this idea sort of started as a very as a very short and then i, I kind of i really liked some of the things the short never was made or anything but i i liked some of the things that were in it so i i really expanded it and that's what became up the river um you know, and now now I've had uh, uh, quite a quite a few little little things here and there. I've got um, I've got some things in the pipe that are coming coming out, but uh, probably in the last three years is really when I kind of sat down and was like, well, you know, I can make time for to do this sort of thing, and you know, and have my my career in in science and all that kind of off to the side and uh, and try to enjoy this. It's a great time for that. It's uh, as the internet booms and things are so much easier to do online with different programs and and things like digital coloring. It's it's just changed the whole game how people can just create themselves and put it out there themselves and and still be able to manage to have another life. You know, I mean, I know very very few people in you know the comic book or you know convention community who that's their professional job you know what i mean most everybody's got a nine to five or doing something else somewhere else so well you kind of have to i mean your your day job is the one that allows you to sleep at night so that you're well rested for the you know the comic creating part unless you're born of the demon spawn of cthulhu like dirk manning or some kind of thing like that you're uh You know, you you, you got to keep it rolling. So, but yeah, it's. I mean, even this podcast thing. Like, obviously, well, there's very few professional podcasters out there. <laughs> you know, podcasting is one of the things that uh, I don't want to say is you get the least amount of reward for your input, but maybe the the least tangible amount. You know what I mean? So, but it was it was like for me in the beginning. Like when I was younger, I wanted to be a filmmaker. And uh, I wanted to be an artist, and due to whatever happened in life, uh, you know, it didn't turn out that way. And uh, 
but now that you know there's things like podcasting they can totally help to fulfill like any creative outlets like i used to love to edit and now you know editing a podcast is just as much fun as recording it for me so you know i see where you're going from coming from with uh you know it takes time to to get back and find the time when you got life's busy you know especially you said you had kids steve no, no, I I am childless, uh, thankfully at the okay. moment. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I have put that two. off. For oh, a that was you. Sorry, Travis. I heard yeah, one of you mention yet. I have two. It's fun, one isn't it? Coming up, yeah, it's great, man. I wouldn't change any. Honestly, having the children, uh, having my first child was a huge boon to my productivity. And every time I tell people that, they're like, "What in the fuck are you talking about?" I How would agree, a hundred percent. But for me, what happened was I had the kid and suddenly my life became very regimented because it has to. And I realized how much time I spend frittering away doing nothing. Yes. Playing a video game or watching TV or screwing around doing nothing. Yeah. And then once the kid shows up, you're so busy all the time. And then it was like, man, I always was like, I would like to do this. Oh, it would be cool to do this. Oh, it would be great to do that. But I never did it because there was always something easier for me to do. So when the kid came, like all of those easy things just sort of like sloughed away as shit I didn't have time to do. Uh, you know, so it became like, well, if I really want to do this, then I have, you know, from 9 o'clock till 1030 at night to work on scripts and do stuff and send things out to artists and put together pitch packages and all of these things. And so I actually started to do it. And then once I started to do it, some things started to happen and, you know, uh, stuff started to come kind of come together. And it was like, why didn't I do this 10 years ago? But then again, if I had done it 10 years ago, would it have worked out as well? Who knows? But I, uh, uh, I so in a strange way, being so from. busy with the kids <laughs> yeah. kind of is what uh, is what sort of helped me become disciplined enough to actually create anything. And then you can't stop. You start getting so busy that you're like and you're so desperate for that little time to just satisfy something within yourself that, yeah, you, you really learn to budget your time. And I do this other podcast with my friend Josh and uh, – <laughs> it's it's very loose it's one we do that is very very much just for fun just for him and i to get together and he's in denver i'm out here and just to shit talk and have a good time type podcast right and uh, oh yeah we never go in with a topic or anything we just get super super stoned and talk whatever shit comes out <laughs> of our mouths and uh, i can't tell you how many times i've fallen asleep just like before we did this podcast because I'll put the kid to bed at like say eight or nine and I'll pass out doing that. And then, you know, I'll wake up in the morning to a text from him saying, uh, I guess we're not doing this tonight, you know? And it's like, <laughs> ah, God damn it. You know? So it's, uh, yeah, you're so tired with the, with the kids running around, but uh, it's definitely worth it. But I hear you. It totally inspired me too. It totally like put a fire under my ass of, you know, just, trying to create and create and create you know what i mean yep exactly it, it's sort of like well now you've got this thing that you really have to be responsible for and uh, if you want to do if you want to do anything then you better do it because uh you don't have that unlimited amount of time so it'd be like oh it's cool i'm gonna sit here and play through bioshock the third time you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have time for any of that stuff <clears throat> you know you're too busy doing this so you can't put stuff off anymore you just have to do it and you know and then uh like really early on i met 
I met Dirk Manning, who whom you know, and um, you know he was he was really helpful uh, in kind of um, you know he he introduced me to a couple of artists. So I'm one of which uh, Grant Perkins uh, is a guy. He, he's done some work for Image, and he did some work with Dirk. Uh, and I've got a I've got a book coming out with him. Oh, cool. Um, and you know, it, you just like get little opportunities to do this and little opportunities to do that. And one thing leads to another. And the uh, next thing you know, you're like spending, you know, four times a week, you spend an hour by yourself at night. And then that becomes the thing that you look forward to doing. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it, it grows <laughs> before you know it with anything you do. I mean, I'm a big believer in hard work. One of the things I do to test is laziness. Can't stand lazy people. And a lot of that has grown out of just the job I've had and having grown up. I'm just, I'm totally turning into one of those cranky old mans who's like, God damn kids, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, it drives me crazy when I see laziness going on. So, you know, oh, I, guys like the, I the, fight for it now. Yeah. And, and the podcast <laughs> thing began, like me and my friends sat in a basement one night and we were big podcast fans. So one night we were all baked and we were like, let's do a podcast. So we hit record on the voice memos on my iPhone. And that was the first episode of An Elegant Weapon. And we talked about such bullshit. I think we talked about like Portuguese man of wars <laughs> and fucking whatever. I think Star Trek Voyager maybe was like the geekiest we got at that point. But it, it grew all of a sudden in a, you know two and a half almost three years I've been doing it now I'm like booking tickets to Denver Comic Con to cover press and I'm getting to hang out with guys like Mark McKenna and Ryan Stegman it's like what the hell happened you know just from a tiny little hey I think I'll try this you know so yeah I mean, that's that's exactly where we were a year ago I'm kind of cheating though because I would never ever compare podcasting to actual comic book cre- creation because it's kind of a cheat like all I got to do really is hit <laughs> well, record. I mean, it's all the same in some yeah. some way shape or form like I personally yeah, and, do a lot of editing because I like stuff like drops and music and sound effects and clean yeah, it up. And that, that's that, fun that, for me right <laughs> that's that process is fun where most podcasters like they hate the editing. <laughs> They're just like, just post the damn thing raw. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do. I really like pot. I listen to a ton of podcasts. Uh, I, I mean, I've listened to elegant weapon, uh, oh, several geez. times. Um, I, I listen to a ton of them. Uh, my co-host Devin listens to, he has this, this thing he does through snake oil called uh, big devs pod pod docket. Is that what it's called, Devin? Pod docket. And it's like 10 a day. This guy like chugs through. Um, but I love the, uh, the sort of immediacy of podcasting, you know, that, uh, it's just like sit down and then people sort of talk. I mean, you do have like, I, like I really like star talk, which is a lot more like a radio show. Everything's kind yeah. of planned out and there's segments and whatnot, yeah. but I really like the ones that are, that are just sort of free form and everything is sort of you know just people talking about what comes up and then they follow conversations as they evolve naturally those are always the most it could not be more free form than it is well you could argue that our snake oil is too free form uh that's pretty much how it is around here too i mean you said you've heard before so i mean once in a while i'll come up with a fun little segment for something stupid but it's more just to separate a topic i may want to talk about but it's uh, yeah, it's it's. I like the freeform too because that's how that's how it started. You know, that's how it began. I mean, when you really, you know, the big influences. Who are the big guys now? Like the Kevin Smiths and the Joe Rogans. That's how it all started for me. And 
anyone I knew was just getting into these conversations and being like, wow, this is so much more interesting than the radio, you know, and <laughs> giving it a shot. So, you know, there's a few that are out there actually uh, that are kind of segmented, but fun. I mean, Drunk on Comics, they're they're a good example of a, of a kind of freeform segmented podcast, you know. They have their segments, but they kind of discuss each segment in a freeform way. You know, it's not yeah, like just exactly. spewing they, they out the of, news. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They sort of do a, um, you know, they, they know what topics they're going to hit, but they don't have like planned, you know, beats or anything. They're just each topic they bring up and then they chat. That's another one I listen to. We actually just did an interview with Derek uh, Saturday. Oh, nice. Good times. I, I just guest hosted two weeks ago. Oh, really? And uh, I, I always get screwed up guest hosting that show because Derek will have me come on because he always pulls me out of the bullpen. I'm kind of like the fifth Beatle, the fifth drunken Beatle at this point. <laughs> and uh, so I stepped in there the one You're week. You're the stoned Beatle. Yeah, I'm totally the stoned Beatle. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, see, I'm so stoned I just totally forgot where I was going with that. Oh, yeah, I had to be prepared for the podcast. And he's like, he sent me all these links and like of news and what was happening and what we're going to talk about. I was just like, oh, God, I've got to do homework to do a podcast? Like, <laughs> totally yeah, not well, my style. <laughs> well, they, they talk about a lot of, like, current events and comics. Yeah. You know, so that's a little bit different. You do have to actually pay attention a little bit. We don't we don't do so much of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they they talk mostly about current events. So you actually kind of do have to excuse me follow along a little bit. It's uh, it's fun too too. I, I like that once in a while when uh, when I have to do that. And, and, you know, I'm expected to read a certain comic. Maybe a, it actually makes you maybe pay that little extra bit of attention. You know, so. But it's also super cool that I get so much of this like uh, my independent comic book exposure has you know just grown infinitely since i started doing this podcast because just the amount of people i've met and the amount of like review material i get my hands on and just i've discovered some cool stuff i wanted to to mention two other books give a little shout out because they're not exactly in the vein of what you guys are doing because you're not taking like you're not actually taking Huckleberry Finn and putting him in this situation. It's just kind of an influence, right? It is an influence. And, I, I, you know, if you were somebody who was really maybe really into Huckleberry Finn, you might see little nods here and there, little, little, a little Easter egg here or there that I've okay. – that I will have written in. But, it, I mean, it by no means is it like follow the plot by any, by any stretch or anything like that. It's just something that uh, – the the idea behind it right, is something right. that I that I liked. Well, I like uh, I love a book called uh, from uh, Sean Von Gorman, and it's called uh, The Secret Adventures of Houdini. And basically, what he did is he he took Houdini and made him actually like a like a crime fighter. He's like a detective crime fighter. Yeah, honestly, you've got my you get you're gonna get my money just on the title alone. Oh, it's it's <laughs> that abs- sounds fucking great. It is. It's it's a fucking amazing book. You got to check it out. And uh, it's it's literally that. It's Houdini like fighting like it's a little supernatural. It's kind of like uh, X Files Houdini maybe in a way. You know, like he's fighting other bad magicians kind of, and he uses his like powers and strength as a mu- as a magician to like fight evil. You know, and he's like extra strong. So it's really cool. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have to look this up. And there's another one uh, called Merrick, 
and it's uh, oh, I'm totally blanking. I've had the guest on the show. I apologize, whoever made Merrick. <laughs> uh, but it's it's about uh, what if the Elephant Man fought crime, <laughs> and it's very uh, it's very uh, the look of it is very Mike Mignola. It's very Hellboy looking. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he's not I, like a he's I not like a, that guy. yeah he's not a decrepit like can hardly walk Merrick like Elephant Man. He's like a like a big beefy badass elephant man <laughs> and he goes around kicking ass so i just i love those ideas and i love those stories i'm a big old timey type guy you know what i mean so um yeah i i i am too um are you familiar with uh it's it's kind of a steampunky thing but it's uh the boston metaphysical society comic i've heard of this i, I haven't read it but uh i have heard of this and recently it's, from somewhere it's written by uh a woman named uh, Madeline Holly Rosing. And it is, uh, you know, sort of an early turn of the century uh, group. And it's kind of like, it's similar, I guess, it's like to BPRD in a way, you know, in that they're the Boston Medical Physical Society and they're the, you know, Bureau of Paranormal Research and Development and okay, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But it's similar to that, but it's like Tesla is in it and oh, Edison cool. is, is in it <laughs> yeah, and you yeah, know, things yeah. like that. You I yeah, I think you might really like it. That and she's awesome. actually she's actually really cool. She'd probably love to come on the show. Yeah, right. On. Look you should look her up and, and get her. I definitely will. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff, man. It's exciting. I like uh also they did uh it's kind of manga esque, but they did a they did a series called Steam Wars. And it was steampunk version of Star Wars. Oh yeah, I've it, seen that. Yeah, yeah. That, really? had, had, had a few issues in the shop here. Yeah, super fun stuff. Um, yeah, you just Steve is just like his head is spinning, you know, because he owns a comic book store, so he's basically just like if it's not Marvel or DC, no, no. Marvel <laughs> DC, I got it all. I got it all. <laughs> no, actually, Steve, Steve, to his credit, carries a absolute ton of of indie titles in the shop there's uh, i try to i try to give everything a chance it's hard when there's so much out there even my guys i i go to uh my lcs is called altered states comics here in clarkson ontario canada shout out to those fellas and uh they're they're very good about taking recommendations so i will i will often recommend things many of my friends books are on the walls just because i've been like get this and they're like okay so it's always Brad when you when you meet a purveyor of the comic books who is willing to give the little guy a spot on the shelf. You know what I mean? Well, if uh, you get in there, then send them to our Kickstarter. Uh, we have a great retailer's package. It's fifteen bucks, and you get a poster that is awesome and uh, five issues. Very nice. Um, uh, why don't we do that before we wind things down? This has flown by. This has been good times. We'll uh, we'll have to cross pod with Snake Oil and. Uh, have to do this again sometime, but uh, why don't you guys oh, lay out? Are you going? Are you going to to Motor City again this year? Hell yes! Are you kidding? All right. Well, we'll be we'll, be, we'll be at Motor City. Perfect. Um, Perfect. We'll have some stuff there, and I think Devin is coming down for the whole weekend. We were thinking about maybe doing uh, doing getting together with the Drunk on Comics guys, and and one of the nights, kind of getting together and getting some drinks and sort of setting up a whole uh, drunken megapod. Do a megapod that every yes. and then everybody would get a recording and everybody could use it as like a bonus episode <laughs> or whatever and it'd just be like you know eight dudes sitting around or ladies 
Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. yeah. Might get lucky and and kind of like have some drinks and do a megapod with. I'm looking at you, Cosmic Casey. (laughs) Yeah, she would do it for sure. Yeah, that's a great idea. We'll definitely. I can't wait to go. The only thing I'm worried about is whether they're going to have enough room for any fans to come into the actual event. Because (laughs) as it stands at this moment, that building is too fucking full of guests to put anybody in there. I, yeah, I, it's it's been getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year. Have you noticed I mean, that, though? Like, was, the amount of people. It feels like there's twice the amount of people that I would see at a fan expo or, like, a big show, you know? Like, I, I can't believe how they're pulling it off. It's going to be unbelievable. Well, I think last year I heard that they had, like, 42,000 uh, paying weekend guests or, you know, uh, fans. It's fantastic. And that's, that's, uh, that's pretty huge. I mean, that's... That rivals pretty much every other con except for San Diego, obviously, which is which well, is ridiculously weird. Four, New, yeah, yeah. New York, which is which is the second most huge, and then there's a there's a couple that average like sixty k. Well, Fan but, Expo in Toronto is uh, number three in the world. Thank you at one hundred and thirty five thousand. <laughs> oh wow! Does it get that big up there? Oh, well, we'll Expo. See, we're, it's the, not that far from Toronto. I'm always telling everybody what they're missing out. If you can't get to San Diego and you can't get to New York, come on well, up to Toronto. The problem is, is that you have to put all of your books on a raft and float it across the lake, <laughs> so you don't have to pay all of your profit in taxes coming back and forth. Oh, there's a bit of give and take there for sure. But uh, well, actually, last year was I huge. Love Canada, I love Canada, and Toronto is one of my favorite cities to go to. Actually, it was so, a uh, huge Michigan contingent there this past year. I mean, Derek and Kevin of Drunk on Comics came up. Then you had uh, Tony Maiello, Jay Jaycott, Jay Foskett. Uh, someone else was here too. I can't remember, but Stegman was there. We all went out the one Saturday night, and it was like the whole Michigan gang just came up and took over Fan Expo. It was rad. <laughs> what, uh, what, day, what day do they uh, – when do they do that? It's the Labor Day weekend, which is tough for people sometimes because it's on the Labor Day weekend, but it is the Labor Day weekend, so it's like late August there, the 25th or 6th weekend or whatever. It's four days. It's a mega event. And uh, actually, I have to shout out, this month, coming up very soon, kids, you all know it's going to be Toronto Comic Con on March 21st down at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. And on March 21st, that evening, I will be attending the 200th episode of Hollywood Babylon in Toronto. I cannot wait. It's a pod dream come true. So, Actually, that does sound pretty fucking awesome. Oh, I that would be sweet. Just dying, and the fact that they apparently night... apparently it is very easy to get Kevin Smith to come on your podcast. I think you just gotta see him. Like if you can make eye contact with him <laughs> and point a microphone in in that eye contact, I think you can get him. Uh, I think what you need to do is. Like, if you can, well, are you sending them something for the shout out? Yeah, but I, I'm racking my brain over what to do. Yeah, you got to come up with something really clever yeah. for the shout out to do. You know, be who you are. They'll dig the Star Wars reference with the name of your podcast. Do the podcast. Be like, oh, Kevin, you know, I yeah. started doing this because of you. I want to suck your dick. <laughs> you know, all that shit. And then. Be like, listen, I've got some fucking the best Canadian buds, and I will smoke the fuck out of you if you give me a half hour on my podcast. 
sometime yeah. while you're in Canada. Uh, it's worth a shot. What's the worst he's going to do? Say fuck off, right? He probably wouldn't <laughs> even say that. You just probably would never hear back. And then, and then at the very end, be like. Uh, Ralph can come too, I suppose. <laughs> I think seriously, I think if you add that, then you might have a chance. I Ralph can come too, I suppose. <laughs> I was gonna get Al Pacino to tell my wife what a great ass she's got for getting me the tickets for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's what I was thinking about. But uh, either way, yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Or that, or that they might be able to do that. So, guys, lay out all the info. Where can they find you? Where can they go to the Kickstarter? Oh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Kickstarter.com. Search Up the River or search SourcePoint Press or search uh, Joshua Werner. That will take you right to it. Uh, there's a bunch of great rewards. Uh, we've got a whole slew of artists lined up to do uh, one-shot kick uh, sketch covers as we go. Um, a bunch of people from the MCC, uh, Tyler Souls from Killstration Studios is doing one. Seth DeMoose uh, of uh, Tales of Mystery fame is doing one. Uh, keep an eye out for those. We'll be announcing them as the Kickstarter moves along. Uh, you can find uh, Up the River on Facebook, uh, just with Up the River. Uh, throw us a like. Uh, I'm on Facebook, obviously. You know, feel free to friend request me. I'm Travis McIntyre. It's M C I N T I R E. Uh, on Twitter at Team McIntyre One, and uh, let's see what else do we got. Oh, uh, look up uh, Michigan Comics Collective too. That's uh, Michigan Comics Collective dot uh, org online. Feel free to drop us a message. A message if you're a uh, creator in Michigan, you write pencil, ink, letter, anything like that, and you'd like to try to or what? Or from Michigan? Yeah, or from Michigan. You don't have to live here right now, but uh, you have to have some kind of connection. Like, you know, your mom visited once or something. <laughs> uh, you know, and you'd like to try to get your foot in the door and get some uh, some work done and professionally published and out there in the world, then uh, drop us a line and let us, let us see what you've got. Um, and if you'd like to check out uh, anything, some other work of mine, I currently have a, a little short. It's uh, 50 cents for the digital download. It's on Drive Through Comics right now. Uh, uh, up and last time I looked, it was it was ranked number nine on their top ten. Uh, it was as high as three, and then it kept dropping. And once I got to nine, I stopped checking because I I didn't want to see it drop out. So it might not be there, but if you go to drive through and you search "step right up," you can check out some of my other stuff. Uh, and I'm on Facebook, uh, Steve Shar Art and Illustration, and on Twitter at at Stephen Shar. And that's Shar R. Shar R. S H A R A R. And Stephen with a P H. My, my, the prophet spelling. Char, rar, rar, rar. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot of R R's. It's my ex-wife's name was Char. Really? Ha! Yeah. Was, are you sure it was not Steve Char? <laughs> and by wife, you mean husband? Uh, are you of Persian descent, possibly? Uh, not anymore. And you're is. not my ex-Persian whore <laughs> wife. Also, uh, you know, change. if you're a huge fan of Elegant Weapon, uh, then you probably like good podcasts. But if you ever get tired of that... Then uh, check out Snake Oil Comics. <laughs> Good times indeed. Which uh, hopefully, if uh, you know everything goes right, we'll be uh, podcasting in Poison soon, which is always good times. Uh, guys, seriously, I'm really looking forward to this book. I'm really looking forward to reading it. Uh, the art is fantastic. Pops off the page. Looks like everybody involved really put their 100% in and uh, the story alone it's uh, it's got me itching so I'm looking forward to this kids go to all those places that these uh, fine fellas just said or you can just go 
to www.anelegantweapon.ca. And with this episode, we'll be obviously posted all the wonderful links to these guys, their Kickstarters and such. Steve, Travis, thank you so much for hanging out. Fortunately for us, Joshua Werner is not a liar, and it was a good time. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jay. We really appreciate your time, man. man. That's all we're going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon, kids. Take it easy.